Come and get it. It's a big day in D.C. on a Thursday. Russell and Medhurst on the day that it becomes live right before our eyes. It's true. Yes, we saw the we saw the pictures, but remember, the world thinks you can doctor up pictures, okay? You can Photoshop anything. They Photoshopped the picture of Eric Bieniemy signing a contract with the Washington Commanders at a desk last week. It's not really Eric Bieniemy. What we really did was we signed Greg Roman, but so you would think we're moving along in a good direction. We Photoshopped Eric Bieniemy signing that contract sitting at a desk here in D.C. Yes, it's true. Eric Bieniemy gets introduced today to the media as the Washington offensive coordinator. Good morning, Pete Medhurst, Chris Russell, Matt Essig on the other side of the glass. Be super nice to him because he'll be super nice to you. If you're parked out in front of our building, as Toby Keith once sang, they'll put a boot in your ass. And that's the American way. No, that's the D.C. way. There are a couple of nice cars out in front of the building. An Audi and I believe a Mercedes. Well, you got a boot on your car. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Good morning to you. Pay that fine so you can get that boot taken off your car. Good morning, Mr. Russell. How are you, sir? Well, you know that uh, politics are and uh, and big cities are often run with very, um, how do we say this, I- illogical thinking, right? So uh, I know there's, you know, the big crime uh, spread and wave around just this area, the Navy Yard, uh, and yet they have no pro- they have all the problems in the world trying to stop that, but they have no problems in the world putting boots and tickets on your car. That's for damn sure. So uh, I'm a little bit out of sorts today. Uh, I forgot my work bag at home, so not only do I not have my laptop, now for those but I don't have you, my headset, look, so I can't hear anything. Here's the thing, mm-hmm. Chris's work bag. Uh, see, it's enormous. I, f- I face the window, so I get to look out the window during the show. Mm-hmm. You know, window with a view, it's great. Um, and I watch all these people, like right now, perfect timing. Somebody's walking by, walking a dog. Your work bag is like you walking a dog because it's got a handle, you roll it, and it's literally like your Linus blanket, okay? Yeah. Of, from the peanuts. Everywhere you go, you drag your bag along. Yeah. And unfortunately today... You left the homestead without your I security did. blanket. I did because I had my. How co- are you going to survive I, today? I, I had my huge kettle of coffee. Uh, I was running a little bit late. I had my huge kettle of coffee. I had my twelve pack of Diet Sunkissed, which I wanted to bring into the refrigerator so I have something to drink mm-hmm. uh, and keep cold. And I had to take the garbage out, the recycling out. I was running late to begin with. And I just simply forgot my bag. The problem is, is it's got my laptop, which makes it easier to do the show. And then it's got my headsets. So again, uh, I um, I forgot those. So I'm using an auxiliary pair. Nobody cares about this stuff. Just telling you, I'm a little bit out of sorts to begin the show. But it is a big day. It is a big day. Less than two hours from now, Eric Bieniemy, like you said, will be introduced to not only the commander's media, but really officially to the fan base, right? And, you know, as this happens, and we'll carry it live here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, uh, and if you can't listen live, you can listen back later like our guy Ross Rudder does. 
Shout out to him uh, and his family uh, and his wife, Lynn, uh, again, going through, uh, you know, a difficult time. But we're uh, hoping and, and, and thinking about them and everyone else uh, that's so kind to us. We appreciate you. Dude, amazing always. amount of people coming up yeah. to me at the American I, you, Navy you game last that. night. That's awesome. That listened to the show. Yeah. And, well, and not blowing smoke, them. and not blowing smoke up our rear end because they were quoting things specifically said during the show, mainly by the rooster at times, Uh-oh. with Uh-oh. a chuckle following it. Oh, boy, that rooster! <laughs> <laughs> he is an idiot. <laughs> no. Let me tell you something. No. That, that guy is a blithering dope. It's just it's it, it's nice to be able to confirm. Yeah. That people are listening to the show yes. each and every day, and we appreciate it. Emmanuel Acho responded to your boy yesterday. Nice. Uh, we'll I love in, Emmanuel. We'll get we'll get into that. Uh, he doesn't love me. Well, <laughs> you took him to task. That's why you took him to task. Um, Nothing wrong with that. I, see, I don't, so today at eleven o'clock again, we'll bring you the Eric Bieniemy press conference. I don't think, like, based on what I know about the media around here, there ain't going to be no taking anybody to test, nor should there be for Eric Bieniemy. This is a, this is a, I don't want to say it's a historic hire because it's not a historic hire. This is an important hire and a hire that I think, again, still a week later, almost a week later, Pete, now that it's kind of become official last Friday night slash Saturday, where... This fan base almost still seems in shock that they were able to land the quote-unquote big fish. Mm -hmm. And I wonder with his press conference coming up at 11, and again, we'll hear a lot of the Q&A, maybe not all of it, uh, because it depends on kind of how long it runs. But we will hear some of the most important questions, like why did you decide to come here, all of that. I wonder if we could get our audience and callers, tweets, at Pete Medhurst, at WrestleMania 621, at Mr. Me and Me and Me and Me and Me and Me and Me. Mr. Underscore Me 93. Yeah, that. Um, If you all had a a chance to ask Eric Biennemi a question, if you all had a chance to ask Eric Biennemi one question, what would it be? What do you... And I think most people would say, like, hey, how frustrating is it that you had to take what is perceived to be a lateral job, even though it's not a lateral job. Hey, how frustrated are you that you've interviewed 16 times and come up empty for an NFL head coaching position? The the things that I want to know, and I'm not sure exactly like what you would want to know, like if you had one question and you could just ask anything because we can't control order and what gets asked before us, but if you could just ask Eric Bieniemy one question, what would it be? What are you most curious about? What are you most interested in today? It's not day one, but day one for him to meet with the media, and the fan base. It's not just the media. It's the fan base, right? The fan base is juiced. The fan base is excited. What do you want to hear from Eric Bieniemy? What do you want asked from Eric Bieniemy besides the standard surface cleaning type stuff of, duh, uh, you know, why did you take the job? I mean, I think we know why he took the job. The question is, is, is there some meat on that bone that you specifically want an answer to? Or is there something off the, off the radar that you want an answer to? As right I've now? said all along, it might, the most intriguing thing to me about Eric Bieniemy is, We've never had an NFL assistant so polarizing Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of interviewing 16 times with 15 different teams for a head coaching position. Think about that, Chris. That's extraordinary. 16 times. Okay? 
My question to Eric would be, at some point, do you did you feel teams were dealing with you in good faith, and did you trust the feedback that you were being given, if any, as to why they were passing over you as a head coach? And if you go back, and I, I've tried, I mean, since the hiring, I've gone back and probably read, I don't know, 15 different stories of different types through the years on Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. from the time uh, he was with Logan Paulson and the and Maurice Jones Drew in that group at UCLA all the way up through now and Eric you know I couldn't find anything that specifically you know featured any kind of an answer to that type of question and I would just like to know about whether he felt like he was being dealt with honestly and what that feedback was coming from those uh, those interviews as to why they were passing over him. Because at some point, you interview 16 times, there can't be 16 different reasons as to why they passed over you uh, for a potential head coaching spot. But I would also ask, I, I want to backtrack to something you said at the very beginning there, and I think it's, I think it's worth uh, a mention here. You said it was an important hire. Is it more important to the Washington football team or is it more important to Eric Bieniemy, Or is it both? Because he finally left his comfort zone and the coach slash general manager here left his comfort zone, Chris, to make this hire. So who is it more important to? Eric Bieniemy and his long-term goals or the football team and its long-term goals? I think that's a fascinating question. I think, can I straddle the fence and answer both? Hey, sure. Answer I mean, because it. I think you're, you're I think not under oath, so you can you can answer it any way you want. I but. mean, I think there's a mutual satisfaction or benef- beneficial relationship here that could, not that it definitely will, but that could come out of this. One, the enemy could come here, rock and roll, improve an anemic offense from 18 points to 25 points, 26 points per game, whatever it might be, and could get a head coaching job next year, long-awaited, long-sought-after, long-deserved. And then this program that Ron has been building for three years, this moribund franchise, which has been dead on life support for 30 years, could get fresh blood pumped into it and all of a sudden become kind of the, maybe not the place you want to be, but I mentioned this to you the other day. I can't remember if it was yesterday or Tuesday or whatever day when we came back. Day. Day. San Francisco used to be a moribund program. I mean, again, well, we, we talked about this yesterday, but we I also mentioned it, I think, on Tuesday, where Kyle Shanahan took that job after they fired two consecutive head coaches after one-year stints, which nobody, bothers nobody. They fired, they fired uh, Jim Tom Sula, and they fired uh, Chip Kelly. And Kyle Shanahan took that spot. And everybody thought Kyle Shanahan was a dope for taking that spot, but he took it, and it's worked out brilliantly, right? But what have we talked about a lot over the last, especially a couple of months now, but going back to last year, 
the defensive now that Kyle has built that along with John Lynch, the defensive coordinator position in that organization, not necessarily the offensive coordinator position, because Kyle, even though Mike McDaniel got the Dolphins head coaching job, Kyle is still regarded as the 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 father, if well, you will, the of Andy that. Andy Reid. I mean, right. he, he's the Andy Reid of San Francisco, right? Which hurts maybe. But his last two defensive coordinators have now gotten head well, coaching and, jobs. And actually, to be honest with you, Bobby Slowick just got the Houston job yeah. because of Demi- – but my point being is you go there to, to take over a ready-to-win defense, maybe make a tweak and adjustment, maybe make it better, what have you, and then you go there and you presumably, if things go well, get a head coaching job. So maybe Washington, maybe – if Eric Bieniemy is here for one year and has some sort of meteoric type success, and again, that's a lot of ifs and maybes, but if he has the success that people think he might be able to have, and some people don't because of uh, Sam Howell, because of the offensive line, because it's Washington, because the money's dirty, because this, because that, why would you leave Patrick Mahomes for a guy with one start? Blah, 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 blah. But you could go here if Eric Bieniemy has success here and then leaves after one year, I guarantee you, maybe not quite to the level of San Francisco, it's going to take more than one year for that. But people then start to look around the league and go, hmm, Bieniemy went there, finally got his head coaching job. I can go there, maybe tweak some things, maybe adjust some things on the offensive end, replace him, and then I get my shot somewhere. The next year. I'm not saying it will exactly work out that way, but I could see it working out that way, which in a way is good and bad for the commanders, right? Because then you have kind of a turnstile at the coordinator position, which ideally you don't want. But the reason why people get hired is because they have tremendous success, which is the good part. So you deal with the down part to have the tremendous success. So maybe that's what this turns out to be. Or maybe it's a colossal failure and everybody gets their ass fired a year from now or less than a year from now. Or maybe Ron Rivera gets fired halfway through the year and Eric Bieniemy presumably is the interim head coach. Unless it's Jack Del Rio is the interim head coach. And then we'll have another controversy to deal with. There's a lot of steps here. The, the question ultimately becomes is, who, who does a new owner bring in here, if anybody at all, depending on the timing in which they take over the franchise? That's going to have a lot to do with this uh, as to how big of the microscope is under Ron, Biennemi, or anybody else uh, on the staff and in the front office. The question ultimately becomes is, who, who wins the bidding? Who, how aggressive are they? The timing of it. I, I mean, I can't imagine... I can't imagine unless a new owner comes in and changes the front office structure right away, mm-hmm. bringing in, you know, God forbid, like a Mike Tannenbaum, somebody like that. Uh, somebody's got front office experience or whatever. And and then that person comes in and, and starts to mix things up a little bit and puts pressure on everybody saying, hey, you know, the, the owner told me if you guys don't get off to a great start, I've got the autonomy to make changes. So, you know, that's what we're dealing with here, guys. Good luck this year. Um and puts that pressure on them uh, right away. But ultimately, you're hoping you're hoping that Biennemi turns the offense around. But remember, team success is going to have a lot to do with this as to whether a lot of people stick around or not. Is, is it possible that if the offense, as you mentioned, if the offense shows a aggressive uptick 
in terms of how it looks, how it operates, and the team still struggles in overall results, not impossible that a new owner may say, you know what, I need to strike with my fan base right away. I'm not going to leave Eric. I'm not going to let Eric Bieniemy leave the building. I mean, it's possible because what's the one thing we've been yeah. critical of? Everybody talks about, oh, look at all the guys that came through here and left the building. We we let them leave the building. Well, if if for some reason the offense gets turned around and Hal and the guys look like they know what they're doing, then the the question will cycle back like it did with McVeigh, Lafleur, Shanahan, all those guys. How do we let this guy leave the building? And that's when maybe you talk Ron into, you know, because Ron would have still a, one more year they would have to pay him. He'd say, hey, Ron, let's bump it up to the front office, big fella. You know, you can kind of oversee things, and uh, we're going to let Eric be the on-field boss. I mean, that ultimately, ultimately, you want all those people to be able to see that contract through. But on the field success, and if the offense looks great, just like you laid out, if the offense looks great, Chris – Someone will finally maybe pull the trigger on Eric Bieniemy as a head coach, right? But you almost at that point want it to be here, yeah, and not somewhere else, correct? And and, and that's the scenario we talked about yesterday. I think more in detail was what if the offense dramatically improves and everyone can see it and everyone can can taste it, but for whatever reason, defense fails, misses tackles, injuries, whatever, pass rush whatever the case might be, third down defense goes back, or the special teams is a disaster, or or Ron specifically butchers timeouts and, and, and game situations and game management, which he already allegedly and realistically does. What happens again if the offense dramatically improves and and they're two and six or three and five, whatever the case might be? Yeah, you could see that scenario that scenario that you just outlined that we've talked about where Ron gets fired and Eric Bieniemy takes over again as the interim head coach or or would he and and that's and, and that's the interesting part about this for me again is do you go with a guy like like if there's a new owner in place and Jack Del Rio has been a former NFL head coach twice and is been a head coach for 190 games and has been the interim head coach here, here in Washington. Would you go that way? I don't know. I don't know. But to your point, if that scenario unfolds, you would think Eric Bieniemy would be very much a candidate for the next head coaching position, but not a guarantee, I guess, right? I mean, again, there's no guarantee I that mean, a new I, owner right. is going to come in here right. and go, I love Eric Bieniemy. this is what I'm doing, and I'm I'm hiring him just because he's been done wrong. Well, I mean, again, you know if he does well, Chris, he is going to be the toast of all of these shows. Yeah. You know? Yes. Your boy Emmanuel Acho is going to do a complete 180. <laughs> okay? He's going to talk about the quality of work Eric is doing and that they're going to campaign for him. Yes. To... And again, it will come back just like we did, you know, this past decade. What do we do? Do we we can't let if the offense looks exciting and runs efficiently, you have a second year quarterback taking over. You have a wide receiver on his second contract, you have a rookie wide receiver on his first contract. So you got dudes hanging around for a while. Yeah. So you got a chance to keep it all together. To build that chemistry. To build it all together and have a nice three or four year run here. 
The question will ultimately become, how do you let that guy leave your building if teams start to sniff around and finally say, you know what, our bad, we messed up. We should have given this guy a head coaching opportunity a long time ago. And you're going to want to make sure that that stays here because the last thing a Washington fan is going to want to see is a guy come in here, do good work, and then walk out the door and have the success that the other guys have had themselves. Right. So maybe that's one of the questions that fans would like asked. Is he looking at this purely as a one-year vehicle to getting a head coaching position? I'm sure he would say no, but... Yeah, because you don't know how it's going to go. Right. But the the obvious is, look, Eric Bieniemy wants to be a head coach. He's looking at this sure. opportunity, this situation, if you're as an assistant basically coach, a one-and-done. If you're an assistant coach, and I didn't necessarily like... I understood the answer Jim Caldwell gave the other day in Carolina. I heard it. I listened to it. He ta- he was talking. Well, I, you know, I heard the context of it. But just like in any sport, I, I, my son and I talk about this all the time as an assistant basketball coach. If you're an assistant coach and your aspiration is to not be a head coach, I want to know what drives you. Yeah. What drives you every day to be great? If you're an assistant coach – and your drive is to it's is not to be a head coach, then we need to have a conversation. All right, I have an answer maybe that I can just throw out there based on personal experiences of that. That's issue fine. You have to question. sell me on that. Okay, you have to sell me on that. Okay. Plus, you heard what Shady McCoy had to say as someone who played for Eric Bieniemy. Well. Another one of those strong personalities that played with Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, had some things to say. We'll let you hear from one of the Chiefs superstars while Bieniemy was there, and a guy that certainly was able to, even though via trade, has been able to cash in in the NFL, playing in an offense that Eric Bieniemy contributed to. We'll let you hear from Tyreek Hill on Eric Bieniemy coming up next. We'll let you hear from Eric Bieniemy coming up at 11 o'clock this morning. Keep it locked in right here to Russell and Medhurst. We're here each and every day, 9 to noon, on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. When I first got in the league, I was a running back, and EB coached running backs. You feel me? So, like, he made me understand who I was as a player. And to him, mm-hmm. it's bigger than football. Like, playing football is, is part of the bliss. But outside of football, who you are as a person, how you carry yourself every day as a person, that's that's the message where he was delivering to me, dog. That made me realize who I was. That made me understand my true power. And truth be told, not a lot of people will understand EB as a coach because right. he's a yeller. He, he like to yell. He like to do this and that. Right. But don't right. phase me, bro. I must be able to sit there right. and listen to you and talk to you and do whatever you got to do. That's what- now, if you... what are, What's one of the biggest complaints we have about that fans have about Ron? Ron just basically stands there, arms right. folded, talking to people on the headset. We don't really see a lot of animation from the Washington head coach. Right. Therefore, Eric Bieniemy is going to be a complete 180 more than likely here as a head coach, or as, excuse me, as an offensive coordinator. 
Now, I'm sure on the practice field you will see that animation there as opposed to on the sidelines during the game. You're not going to, in other words, don't, don't, don't take what Tyreek describes here is that Eric's going to be some kind of screaming lunatic on the sideline right. during the course of the game because I don't think that's what he's saying. He's simply, and, and obviously you and I have been in, around enough football practices, okay? Eric Bieniemy's not the first guy that's that raises his voice to get his point across. He's not going to be the last mm-hmm. uh, coach uh, to do that. But I think even deeper in the message is where – LaShawn McCoy took offense to Eric Bieniemy getting after veteran players, right. star players. Read deeper into the message about what Tyreek Hill said about him and how he helped him as a human being. Yep. I think that was on Tyreek's own podcast, I think. I don't know. There's so many podcasts, I can't keep track of them, uh, that you just heard there. But, like, he talked about how he changed him as a person, how he also on the field, like, you know, started as a running back and obviously developed into a stud wide receiver where he's making $28 million a year and good for Tyreek. Right. But he's at least in that 45 second clip, he's talking about Eric B influence in a very positive way. What was that Manny? It needed to be said podcast. Is that his own? Yeah, that's his own. I, know, I saw the video floating around on Twitter mm-hmm. last night. Uh, I, I I should have found out where uh, it was from. That's his own podcast. Okay, I mean, forty five seconds testimonial doesn't tell you everything about a person, but Tyreek Hill is. I don't know if he's considered a prima donna, but he's certainly not considered a conventional buttoned up, you know, three piece suit type of wide receiver. You know. He's a guy that kind of marches to his own drummer a little bit. He's a guy that's known as a little bit of a wild child, right? Very, very, very talented. Very talented, as we all know. Surprisingly got traded to Miami last offseason, right? Which seemed to take everybody by store, you know, just by complete shock. There's like Tyreek Hill could have probably bashed Eric Bieniemy if he wanted. If he thought Eric Bieniemy made the decision to get rid whatever. He probably could have done that. Instead, he did just the opposite, essentially, of what LaShawn McCoy said. And now you have Kelsey, who came out a couple of years ago when all this started coming out, saying, yeah, I mean, you know, like, look, we butted heads. But Eric Bieniemy is just trying to get the best out of people. Patrick Mahomes has essentially said the same thing. Look, the guy was Andy in Kansas Reed. City in a coaching role for 10 years. Yeah. You're not sticking around right. 10 years if you're causing drama right. and conflict well, that's in the what, locker room that's and what, on the practice field. That's why LaShawn McCoy's accusation, quite honestly, was I, – I can't say that it's absurd in that that wasn't his perception. But again, we have to remember our perception is colored by a lot of things, Right. It, our perception is colored by a lot of things. You pointed out yesterday numbers that LaShawn McCoy had under Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. Now, again, there's a, a bunch of factors that go into that that should have made him happier than what he did in Buffalo the well, year before and, and that. And yet, if I'm not mistaken, he had a critical fumble that I think got him benched. 
and that's pro- and that's and, probably and, and the case. I can understand why Eric yeah. Bieniemy would get pissed off if you fumbled the football. Guess, guess what? In a big spot. Guess what? Eventually, uh, like Ron, like for everybody that hates Ron Rivera for being so stoic. Again, you see a different Ron Rivera at practice. Okay, you do. Not that he's yelling and screaming all the time, but man, let me tell you something, Pete. I've been on the receiving end, or not the receiving end, I've been on the observatory end of some practices. Chris, get the hell off the observation (laughs) deck. We don't want you seeing this right now. Uh, Of some practices that Ron wasn't very happy with. Mm -hmm. And and let me tell you, Ron curses, you know, they say you curse like a sailor. Ron curses like a sailor times 10, okay? Nobody would think Ron is stoic and conservative and blah, Okay, just because they see him on camera in a game, not yelling and screaming, people develop this reputation and image based on what they see, based on what they experience, based on what they hear. LaShawn McCoy could have that perception, and it could be true about Eric Bieniemy in his eyes. It does not make it true in everyone's eyes and in everyone's experience. Look, not every player, we talk about this all the time, especially at the youth league and high school levels, most notably, even the college level now, because kids, you yell at them, they don't like it, they just get in the transfer portal. But not everybody, you know, not everybody Chris takes to being coached that way. Can I can I understand where a veteran player might feel like he has, you know, the cachet to to be a little larger, you know, than the first year or second year guy, you know, from a Division two school. You know, how dare you talk to me that way? I, I'm I'm Lashawn McCoy. I've run for almost ten thousand yards in this league, and I'm very good. And I'm you know I shouldn't be yelled at at this point in my career like that. I can understand where a veteran player. And as I said yesterday, LaShawn McCoy is not going to be the first veteran player that gets offended by someone yelling at them. They know how to play the game, but the best players will tell you. Michael Jordan said, you know, talked about his respect for Phil Jackson and coaching him, his respect for Dean Smith and coaching him. You know, I, I talked to Roy Williams about this. Roy Williams is the assistant coach that recruited Michael Jordan in North Carolina. And, and they talked about how Michael Michael embraced coaching and wanted to be coached. That's why great players get great. Kobe Bryant wanted to be driven. Kobe Bryant wanted to be pushed by somebody. You know, that's what makes the great players. That's what separates them. You know, that's what separates the Hall of Fame coach from the good coach. It's what separates the Hall of Fame player from the good player. They're receptive to coaching. They want to be pushed. They want to be driven. They want to be great. They want to get the best results out of them. And that's what Tyreek Hill said. Tyreek Hill said Eric Bieniemy pushes you to get the best results out of yourself. And I look, Tyreek Hill has been phenomenal because he's a weapon. He's not a traditional wide receiver. He's not used in a traditional wide receiver way. And Eric Bieniemy's probably behind some of the creativity that that got Tyreek Hill, you know, the, the stardom that he has right now. Uh, let me ask you this. With Tyreek Hill saying what he just said, or said, that we just aired, mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes having said what he said in the past, with Travis Kelsey, with, other, with Chad Brown, what he told us, what other people that have been around the camp, is there a reason, is there a reason in today's press conference – 
for anybody to ask for a reaction to LaShawn McCoy. I think there's a re I, I think you can ask it. Because it's I, become so public, I'm sure someone will, will ask, ask it. about it. And because it's public is it it's appropriate to ask yes, about? Yes, I it. think it is appropriate. I think it's appropriate because of the public nature of how it's been blown up because you want to give Eric right. a chance to publicly respond Correct. to that because now just so we get both sides. So let, let me of let me issue. ask it to you this way. A, how should the enemy answer it? B, are I, you worried about this in any way shape or form because no, I am not. Not at all. Not at all. I am and, not. and I look I don't, I don't, I don't need, I, I, I want, I, just like I said, I, I want people to be honest with Eric about why they're not hiring him as a head coach. I would expect Eric to be honest with you and probably he'll describe the same thing that Tyreek Hill described. You know, in Kansas city, we felt, you know, we were as a staff, we just wanted to get the best and the most out of our players and the methods that we used we're clearly successful winning as many games as we did. And again, I will cite to you, Eric Bieniemy has been an assistant coach in Kansas City for 10 years. That's almost impossible in our industry now in coaching. Okay? That's almost impossible. So if he was causing drama and conflict in his coaching methods, Andy Reid and the organization would have moved on from him a long time ago. And I'll if it si- was anything significant. Yes, and I'll simply I'll simply say the results are in the pudding. That coaching staff and the success they've had, those are the kind of people you should want if you can get them in your building because they've been around, they've contributed to positive culture. And that's what you're trying to get here on the field. You know, they're they're working hard to change the culture off the field. But ultimately, Chris, as we've talked about, they need to change the culture on the field. Seven and nine, seven, eight, one, seven, nine, and one, eight, eight, and one can't be acceptable. It can't be. And it wouldn't be in Kansas City. It's not in San Francisco. It can't be here. That's what winning teams do. Look, Green Bay took a step back this year. Everybody's pissed off. They should be because they set a standard. Winning 13 games. That's the expectation in a place like Green Bay. That's what you want to set the expectations here. You want to set that example. You want to create that example. You can't just say you want to do it. You got to go do it. So you got to go get people that can help you do it. And if it means more coaches that have been part of it, more players that have been part of positive culture and winning cultures, then you got to keep seeking it. And that's why I'm so skippy about Ron Rivera bringing Eric Bieniemy in here is because he went outside of his comfort zone. He went outside of it. Bienemy hasn't coached with, you know, uh, Ron for seven years somewhere else. He is from somewhere else. Sure, Ron and Andy have a relationship, but he's from somewhere else. He represents something different. And that, to me, is what a good manager does. They're willing to go outside of their comfort zone when they need to improve the results. Ron is doing that. By introducing him here as the OC. When we come back, I'm going to give you a, a, a coinky-dinky, a fact, a factoid to tie into just exactly what you said. I love when we talk fact and not opinion without backing it up with strong facts. That's what this format is all about. We'll get your calls in as well. What would you, if you're you're John Kime, okay, you're Ben Standing, you're Matt Paris, you're Nikki Javala, you're in the room today. 
You're Scott Abraham. You're Darren Haynes. Okay? You get to be in the room. You get to ask a question. They bring you the mic, and you get to say, Hi, I'm Bob from Gaithersburg, and I'd like to ask you, Eric, what would you ask Eric Bieniemy at the presser today? Russell takes a look at what's trending. All right, we're brought to you by the Maryland Vehicle Prevention Council. Maryland drivers, did you know a vehicle is stolen every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland? The key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use an anti-theft device, learn more about vehicle theft protection, prevention, I should say, at mdautotheft.org. So as we've been talking about, Eric, the enemy will be introduced at 11 o'clock today. You can hear it live right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, part of Russell and Medhurst. Again, that coming up right around 11 o'clock. So stay tuned. We're asking you what one question you would like to ask Eric Bieniemy if you had the opportunity to. Uh, we'll have uh, continuing thoughts and your reaction and calls on that. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Browns expected Iyer Bubba Ventrone as their new special teams coordinator. He's been with Indianapolis, actually interviewed for their head coaching position earlier this cycle. The Broncos and Sean Payton interviewing Matt Patricia. For their defensive coordinator spot. That's an interesting one. And the Capitals could have Alex Ovechkin back tonight for tonight's game against Anaheim. And boy, do they need a win having lost five in a row. 645, the coverage on the fan and the Odyssey app. And that's what's trending. Coming up, we'll hear from Eric Bieniemy. 11 o'clock, scheduled to be introduced as the offensive coordinator. Certainly the most polarizing assistant coach over the last five years in the NFL. 16 interviews, 15 teams for a head coaching spot passed over and now willing to hitch his giddy up to the Washington football team as a way to prove himself in a way that maybe others have had questions about him as an offensive coordinator in the National Football League. And yes, sure, we know. Nagy didn't have to do it. Peterson didn't have to do it. Both made the playoffs uh, with their respective regimes. Doug, of course, has cashed in and won a Super Bowl already. John Harbaugh never called plays. He's special teams coordinator. So, I mean, technically, he called special teams plays. Okay? But, you know, otherwise, there, there have been instances of people that uh, had not been the full-time play caller and still turned out to be uh, successful head coaches. If you're in the room today, what do you ask of Eric Bieniemy coming up at 11 o'clock? And you'll hear it, and you'll hear those questions right here on the Team 980. Again, I don't think there's one reason that has led us to Eric Bieniemy being here today. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to make this about one thing and one thing alone. I don't think there's just one thing. I don't think there's one reason why Eric Bieniemy is here today. But whatever the reason, Pete, whatever the reason, and whatever the motivation on Ron's end, they got the best perceived and reality would tell us statistical-wise and production and success-wise, the best perceived and realistic candidate and choice that they could get that was available, period. There's nobody that can make an argument 
even a dum-dum like me, that Greg Roman or Dave Canellis or or uh, Byron Leftwich or Pat Shermer or Pat Shermer Zampezi, or Zampezi or Thomas Brown or whoever would have been better than Eric Bieniemy. So as as badly as I think Ron has screwed some things up at times, or badly might be a stretch, as as weird as Ron Rivera is sometimes with waffling back and forth and decision making. And as much as I criticized him, and I, I think rightfully so, for golfing uh, during the OC search and during the Super Bowl, uh, Senior Bowl week, and then going on a media you know tour of a week after that, he somehow stepped in poop and didn't come out smelling terribly and instead came out smelling like roses. So whatever the reason, you know, and and, and ultimately I, I think one of the questions that I want to answer or, or at, would would want to ask the enemy is is what was in what was in your heart to get you here, a place that people have a negative outside view of. Like what spoke to you? What sang to you? See how he answers that. Was it Ron? Was it Andy telling him all the good, you know, was it, hey, I've got some exciting talent to work with. We'll see how he answers that. One thing that I wanted to bring up that you kind of were talking about, Ron stepping outside of his comfort zone, and I think you're right. I've said this before when people stupidly have just railed on this. Well, all Ron does is hire people from Carolina. Listen, he's got a lot of people from Carolina. Guess what? Every coach does the same damn thing. They hire people that they know. They hire people that they know. Sometimes they don't all come from one organization. Sometimes they do. But they hire people that they largely yeah, I mean, want to work sure. with. Sure, I mean, and it's know. 100% true because my son lives that My son lived that during the hiring cycle right. this past offseason, right. you know, where people were hiring people they knew who didn't maybe have as much experience as him. But because they knew them, they went that route. And there's reasons why people do that. It's not based on the color of one's skin. It's not based on how talented people are. Can't say that, Chris. You can't say the first part, though, without complete... There is still an element of that in today's society. You cannot... There's there's always going to be a hiring manager somewhere... Whether not that they're outwardly, you know, on the weekends wearing a KKK robe no. or anything like that. No, but, but you know there's what always going to be a hiring manager that is going to. It, it's it's still unavoidable here yeah, in 2023. Yes, but, but what I'm saying is, Ron Rivera didn't hire people here in Washington because of their ethnic background. Sure, he I mean, hired people yeah. because he knew how they worked and he knew what they were about. Ron's personal character right? never. Just using comes that into as question. an example, I would okay? never bring Ron's personal right. character. I, I think Ron's personal character. Right. is of the highest quality. Okay, but just using that as an example, that so pe- but people hate that around here because they saw it with Bruce and they were like, oh, nobody more from Tampa. They see it with Ron. Oh, nobody more from Carolina. But here's my point. But what's the way meant though? But stop, but, stop. Think about it though, Chris. Think about it. The problem for Bruce Allen and Ron Rivera so far here in Washington have been what? Winning. Not enough winning. Yeah. Right. But, that's a real simple... But that's what I'm saying. People overreact to, oh my God, they hire everybody that they know, not the best people, but but and and everyone that they're comfortable with, right? So, I don't, so I don't need of course calculus that doesn't or algebra. Work. I, don't, I don't need my daughter to break it down for okay. me to realize when I look at the records of both people 
and go, man, that's a pretty mediocre record. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're right. But that's what I'm saying. If it worked, if it was successful, nobody would have a problem with it. Okay? Exactly right. right. So here's my point. Ron Rivera, his offensive coordinator, you just illustrated last segment, and I think we all know where he comes from, who he's worked with, that he hasn't worked with Ron, but but he does have a connection with Ron through Andy Reid, and who knows what connection I think they Brad have. Childress also well, absolutely Brad Childress because they were both. I think they were both in Philly. I, they were. I watched Brad Childress with John Kime on his podcast mm-hmm. last night. Uh, Brad Childress hired him. Uh, coached him in Philadelphia in his final year in the NFL as a running back, hired him in Minnesota for his first NFL coaching job, got him out of UCLA with Carl Durrell, so on and so forth, and then was with him again in Kansas Mm -hmm. City. Uh, Whatever. Okay. Ron hired Eric Biennemi out of his comfort zone, right? Ron hired Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio did once coach in Carolina a long, 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 long time before Ron Rivera was in Carolina, they had never worked together, period, under any circumstance in the NFL. Ron kept, kept Nate Katzer, another coach, another coordinator that he had no affiliation with whatsoever, but one that was already here mm-hmm. for a year. So for all of you people out there, that tell me that all Ron does is hire Carolina Panthers people and people that he knows. Offensive coordinator, never worked with him before. Defensive coordinator, when he hired him, never worked with him before. Special teams coordinator, when he hired him, never worked with him before. Please shut up. Please shut up. I don't want to hear from you anymore. Please shut up. Please stop talking. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Ron may not be the best head coach. Ron may not be the best general manager. Fine on those criticisms. You're right. What you're not right on is that Ron hires just people that he knows and that he's worked with and that came from the Carolina Panthers. You're wrong. 301-230-0980. Your say next on Touchdown at 10. We're an hour away from hearing from Eric Bieniemy the newest offensive coordinator for the Washington football team on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.